Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 175 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. For those of you who have been reading along for these last three plus years, you will know that last week I wrote that this week will be my first ever video episode of 4T. This is something I plan to continue indefinitely. Uh, For those of you who have not been reading along, who don't know what 4T is or why I keep repeating that, uh, what I do is I take... Uh, music from my collection. I started out with my cassettes. I went through those and I went through all of my 45s, uh, which are small single discs uh, made of vinyl, for those of you who have no idea what that is, uh, and the uh, related discs. And, uh, and now I'm on to my LPs, which I will continue to plow through until I get to my CD collection. And I talk about what made or makes that music important to me, certain elements of that music, I might tie it into some uh, larger theme, and then I tie it into a song of my own, and I talk about how that music influenced what I do, and how music in, in general, all music, is is related. And my hope there is that uh, we're both learning something, we're both enjoying the music. You get to hear maybe music you haven't heard before, uh, whether it's the music I'm talking about or, or music of mine. I'm hoping uh, you know that you are listening to as much as you can of what I post, uh, and or that it's music you have heard before and it's something you're excited about and want to talk about, and that either way, as I end every post, discuss, damn it. I hope that we do have a discussion. And I'm hoping that these video posts create an even larger, more vibrant discussion because I'm actually physically discussing. Uh, But for those of you who do prefer to read or don't have time to watch this entire video, I will be posting uh, the text below, what I call the untranscript, because it will never and, and is not in any way a word-for-word rendition of what I'm saying right now, because I honestly have no idea what I'm saying right now. Uh, what I do continue to do and will do every week is write out my thoughts as I've been doing on the release that I'm talking about and on the music of mine that I'm tying to that and all the other things that I tend to write. And I will be posting it under the video. And uh, just so you know, all of these videos will also be posted on YouTube, on my YouTube page, and they will also be posted on my website, nickdomatio.com. If you go to, I believe it's the, the, the video, or go, go to the actor page, that's what it is. I think it's nickdomatio.com slash acting or actor. 
It's on my menu. I don't know. I only happen to be the one who created it, and I completely forget. Uh, but you'll find it there. You'll find it on YouTube, and you will right now especially find it on Facebook. Uh, I believe I might be posting these on Instagram too, but um, we'll both have to wait and see. So with all of that said, let's get into the actual 175th episode of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. promise you I won't be doing that every week, you know, unless uh, somebody, you know, really loves my thing. Uh, and this week, I thought I'd start out with something easy for me anyway, since it's the first video. Uh, it's one of my top five bands, and I'm one of those guys who has at least 15 top five bands. Um, the Cure and their seminal release, double album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Uh, it is an album that hit me the minute it came out. Um, those of you who are old enough to remember, new music was always released on Tuesdays, and the Tuesday this was released back in 1987, I got it right away. Uh, I had already been turned on to The Cure by a good friend of mine, Mike Smith. Uh, he was playing songs from my all-time favorite Cure album, Head on the Door. Uh, I urge you to listen to that too. And so when Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me came out, I had to get it right away. And it was uh, not at all a disappointment. Uh, the Cure is one of the handful of bands from that era uh, that showed me what really what my music was going to be. It, it, it fed directly into my brain, my ears, my subconscious, my heart. And in, in each way, uh, each, each of these handfuls of bands had something in common. First of all, let's, let's go uh, with um, three. We have The Cure, we have Prince, and we have U2. They all sound very different. Uh, what do they have in common? Number one, all of the leaders or most of the band members were born about 10 years before I was. So they were kind of like uh, big brothers to me and, and, and um, mentors, unbeknownst to them. Uh, and uh, it really showed me how possible it was to take many disparate influences and and congeal them into something new, something innovative. Uh, and, and, you know, we all probably know, and most of us know how Prince did that. Um, U2 came from a, come, come from a punk and post-punk background. They added cinematic elements and all the other elements, blues and things that they added eventually throughout their career, electronic. Uh, the Cure was uh, also punk, post-punk, uh, goth in their own way, but that but the thing all three of those bands had in common is that they were also pop. And as uh, many of you have heard me say a million times, uh, I I revere the pop music form, whether that means uh, music from the classic era of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, or uh, the Beatles, my number one and always will be, uh, the eras like that, uh, one hit wonders or bands that you might not readily consider to be a pop or popular music, but who always strove one way or another to create songs that, and I'm going to read my notes here now, um, that had emotional depth, musical intelli intelligence, innovation and accessibility. And the accessibility part, of course, is the pop, pop part. And uh, everything I do, I try to imbue with all of those things. Again, um, emotional depth, musical intelligence, innovation, accessibility. Uh, I believe firmly that you two did that. The Beatles did that. Uh, the, let's say the Stones did that, if you're a fan of the Stones. Um, 
Uh, Prince certainly did that. And uh, this week's band, The Cure, absolutely did that. They, uh, I just read an interview with Robert Smith and Rolling Stone because they're coming out with um, 30th anniversary, anniversary of Disintegration, one of my other favorite uh, albums from them. And uh, he talked about how even when he was teens and 20s, working with Susie and the Banshees and people like that, he always had one of his ears uh, towards the pop music world. So they had, uh, you know, swirling, you know, teeming, sonic, uh, cinematic palettes, very ambient, dark in many ways. And from out of that, and in, and, and even before that, and including that, came these very tight, strong pop songs that still were able to capture certain key elements of The Cure, um, which, again, I'm going to read my notes. And, and what I wrote here is that they uh, uh, were able to express vulnerability. Uh, they were a little twee, you know, a little, a little light, a little frothy, a little frivolous. Uh, they were dark, often dark. They were playful. Uh, they, you know, had a sense of humor or just a wordplay, things like that. They were sonically rich, whether it was the way, you know, Robert Smith played guitar or how the music was produced and arranged, whether they used the, you know, ambience of the keyboards and the guitar and, and vocals or added the electronic elements and things like that. And they were catchy. Uh, I'm willing to bet that almost all of us know at least one Cure song. Maybe it's Friday, I'm in love. Maybe it's Just Like Heaven. Maybe it's a uh, you know, love song, Pictures of You. I, I don't know. There's you know, a dozen others or more uh, hit singles or lesser songs, B-sides, album tracks, things like that. Uh, but one of the reasons why we do is, is A, uh, they were diverse. They are diverse. They're still around. They're still creating music. They have a new album coming out soon. And, and and that again, like you two, like Prince, like so many other uh, of my favorites, it's it's what I try to do, which is I don't believe in uh, sticking to one single genre or thinking that all of the music that I do has to sound the same. And neither did any of these bands. They might have uh, signature vocals, which hopefully any you know good good artist does. But even then, there was there was and, and is a lot of diversity in there. Uh, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me is probably, I would say, their most diverse album. It had elements, and again, going back to my notes, it had elements of uh, what I call, or, or what, you know, Northern Soul. It had elements of goth, of course, of pop, of the kind of college rock, modern rock, what it was called at the time. It had, it had punk. It had uh, electronic, it had, uh, you know, ambient and orchestral and cinematic elements as well. In some cases, one song uh, had all of those elements, and, and in other cases, it would bounce from song to song and show off different aspects of things like that. Uh, there, are, there were three singles from this album that charted in the U.S. and around the world, uh, the first one you may not remember was called Hot Hot Hot. It was a big dance single. There was a dance remix, things like that. It had a great, um, it had a great bass section, but it also had a great horn section. It was uh, not quite the usual Cure song, but it, it was it was them and Robert Smith in particular kind of branching out and showing a different side. Then there was the big single of the day from this album, Why Can't I Be You. 
Many of you may know it. It has that kind of really quintessential Robert Smith vocal, it, the vo kind of vocal breaks he does, those little, you know, mini yodels and things. It's something I, I do a lot too um, when, it, when my songs call for it. Um, I'm sure that was why or where I got one of the places I got that from. Um, it shows how clever he was and is with, with wordplay and for the phrases he was using. He could take a phrase that seems like an everyday phrase, turn it into something else, or maybe it wasn't even an everyday phrase, but it became one. And then the third single uh, is Just Like Heaven. It's a song that is, to me, near perfect. It's been covered dozens of times. I have played it live acoustically and with bands many, many, many times. I continue to do that. I just last month I played it uh, solo. I've played it with the uh, band that I work with uh, who does uh, 80s covers. Uh, and it's one of my top, again, five, I guess, favorite Cure songs. I think it's also one of the best songs of that era. I think it probably has outlasted why can't I be you? And certainly hot, hot, hot. And I honestly think it's probably one of the, you know, top 100 or 200 greatest, you know, songs of all time. Uh, you'll find out if you haven't already discovered this through reading that um, I'm not shy about what I believe about music. Uh, music is something that will always mean the absolute most to me other than the people in my life, other than all my children, the other people I love. It's, it's right up at the top. And so um, I'm going to kind of let it fly and let you know what I think about things. Um, if you don't agree, I really want to hear it because that is an awesome way to discuss. If you do agree, let me know too because there's excitement and passion in finding a you know, kindred spirit. Uh, so that said, and, and all the greatness that is The Cure and Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, um, let me tie it into a song that I've done. There are a couple dozen songs, easy, that uh, have been influenced by The Cure. There's a, I could even say that because they're in my top five, uh, pretty much every song I've ever done is in some way influenced by them. doesn't mean that the music sounds at all like them. Uh, at times it does. Uh, there's a song from my album, Parts and Labor, which is everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, just, I don't know, pick, pick, it, it's everywhere. Um, it's been out for a few years now. It's a song I love to play live. I've done it with a full band. I've done it acoustically. And it has a, a, a certain, uh, there's, a, there's an emotional pull there that gets to places that, um, you know, I, I think pop songs can and, and, and should often get to. Maybe not always. It has a darkness to it. It has a sadness to it. It has a brightness to it. It has a dy dynamism to it that carries throughout the song and uh it's called it's called break you um i can't remember if i said that already the link is below and i hope i hope you listen to it you will probably be able to see how certain elements of the guitar the the vocals the lyrics especially the vulnerability in the lyrics um were influenced by the cure uh, and bringing it back around to the cure as always um i'll talk about my favorite tracks from this album Here's the back cover. Yes, yes. Uh, I am not going to talk about my favorites this week. Sorry. Because 
This is a double album that I have listened to over and over and over again. And although I could probably say, oh, this one, you know, maybe not as favorite. It, once you get past 10 songs, there's really no point in talking about what your favorites are. So instead, I am going to point out a song that most of you probably don't know, but you really should. It's called How Beautiful You Are. It is the, a perfect example of what The Cure does best. It's, it's a beautiful song, both lyrically and sonically. It, it's, it's a song that is both delicate and, and, and firm and, and robust all at the same time. And I think ties in quite well with my song, Break You. Uh, if you have, let's say, well, I guess it would be about eight minutes, check out both of those songs. Go ahead and listen to my song, Break You. Go ahead and listen to uh, Look Up. Uh, How Beautiful You Are by The Cure. And uh, thank you for watching me and listening to me and reading uh, with me all of these years or just today and welcome. And uh, as always, until next week, discuss, damn it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.